What is going on, everybody? Fans of the Over 6 Sports Podcast, welcome to the AFC NFL Preview Show. Uh, as always, I'm Zach the Vandenberg, and with me on the other side of the screen, the Turf King that you know and love, and his Turf King days are numbered because it's almost the end of golf season. It's Cameron Charlton. What's going on, buddy? Man, on such an exciting night, you got to put a damper on it by saying it's almost the end of golf season. We went into <laughs> December last year. We got lots of time left. But yeah, it's our AFC prediction tonight, but it's also week one NFL picks, and it's Thursday. You know what today is there, Burke? It's the start of the 2021 NFL season, baby. Let's just leave this music on for a second here. I am pumped. I woke up this morning, and this is what was playing, and my wife was not happy about it. I liked it. Um, I played it a couple times today. I'm just super, super psyched. I'm just going to leave this on a little bit. I'm super, super psyched to get chatting about this. Um, apologies for not uh, getting this episode out Tuesday, Wednesday. and it was, or So we didn't record Tuesday, Wednesday. It was not posted today, because uh, which is Thursday, because we've been busy. Uh, I've been busy, actually, more specifically. But Cam, let's stop the chit chat. Let's get into uh, let's get into the AFC preview. NFC was last week. AFC preview is this week. Where do you want to start? Let's leave the AFC East for last. I mean, let's start it off in the North. Then I think this is going to be one of the most competitive divisions. So uh, let's start it off there. And how do we want to go about it this week, Burke? No, I think we kind of follow it kind of the same that we we kind of did. Um, as as last week, I think, um, and kind of kind of go from there, I suppose. So, um, if anybody's not an NFL fan, so the AFC North, you've got the Cleveland Browns, uh, you've got the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you've got the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I'm gonna go first. So, what did we do last week again? We did. Uh, we just kind of talked about every team then we gave their record is that what we did i forget yeah i think we worked through who we had first what their record was something about them and then worked our way down each thing given points about the team all right well let's do that so actually you know what let's change it up this week let's start at the bottom and work our way up how about that mix it up for the afc yeah sure why not i mean I'll start it off then i have i mean i assume you're the same the Bengals are finishing last in this division yeah no, no, the Bengals no. are still not – they're not very good. Chase hasn't looked good in preseason. The guy can't see the ball because it's not the same ball that they use in the NCAA. Their, their offensive line is just terrible. Joe Burrow is going to get killed again this year. You got, brought in Jamar Chase. That was your big acquisition. You didn't help the O-line, which is horrible. Their defense really isn't that good. And, I mean, on the plus side, they should be in prime position for another top three pick this season, in my opinion. Yeah. I do have them picking up a few wins because this offense could be good. Joe Mixon, if Chase can figure it out. They got a couple of T. Higgins. They got a few options, and if Burrow can throw the ball, they're going to score some points. So I do have them finishing 4-13, and 13, but they're not going to be a very good team. Yeah, and you know what? It's one of those things where, like, they have a bunch of guys that went out, like our boy Giovanni Bernard left which whatever that's just a side joke aj green left as well um i mean the real story here is is that you know burrow comes back from 
um, from a torn ACL, and he is linking up with Jamar Chase. That story about Jamar Chase not being able to see the ball, by the way, is so ridiculous. Like, he's like, oh, I can't see it because it's not a Canadian ball. It doesn't have two white lines on it. It's like, bro, it's a fucking football. Catch it. It's not, in my opinion, it's not that hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've got the Bengals going. I looking through it, I think that there's a couple games that, especially if if Chase gets going and and Burrow can maybe steal one. Yeah, they they I think they might get an extra game, so I have them going five and twelve. So, um, yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. But four and thirteen, five and twelve doesn't really matter. Pretty much the same. Yeah. And there is, like, I really like Joe Mixon, and I really like T. Higgins for fantasy because this team's going to have to throw the ball. They're going to do a lot of things, especially in, you know, like, a PPR league. Joe Mixon's going to get a ton of time, especially with no Gio Bernard there, the backup. So there is parts of the Bengals I like, but they're not going to be a great team. Let's just – let's just uh, the last thing before we move off them because we kind of got to be quick because we got the game coming up, but we also got predictions, like the actual week one predictions, picks and whatever to get into – um, is that uh, they they selected Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell? Um, I don't know if we haven't we have mentioned that, but Penny Sewell was was a generational offensive tackle according to all reports, and they went with Jamar Chase because of his connection with Joe Burrow, and that's what they decided to do. Um, so I guess we'll see how that kind of plays out, but something to look for. I mean, Penny Sewell has been horrible in the preseason. He doesn't look very good at all. So we'll see. Maybe it was the right pick. Maybe it was the wrong pick. But we'll see as the season unwinds itself. Something to look I'm for. I'm going to throw us throw yeah, us way off the board. And my uh, third in the division is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. I really think – I mean, I had this pick before the news came out today. They got no J.K. Dobbins. They have no Gus Edwards. Peters is now out, it sounds like, for the year. That's a lot of lost players. And I had them there beforehand. I mean, last year, one of the big stats that came out is they were only three and four against teams above 500. So, yeah, they beat up on terrible teams, but they weren't very good against good teams. So their defense still should be pretty good overall. But in such a tough division, I think it's going to be tough. I do have them finishing 10 and seven. So this division is going to be quite good, but they're going to finish third in the division. And after all the news today, that record could be slightly worse. You said 10 and seven, right? Correct. Yeah, I've. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, I think that's realistic for, you know, for the Ravens. Um, Frankly, I actually had them at the same place. I just have them in a different spot. So, um, I mean, it's really going to ride and die with how Lamar Jackson Jackson can play. And frankly, the fact that all the running backs have gone out has made his fantasy value skyrocket. And I have him in one of my leagues as quarterback. So, I know you do too, and you play me uh, in week one, I believe. Is that you have it in our league in the over six sports league? Yeah, yeah I have them against you. Oh, crap. Uh, but I think that, yeah, I think that's huge kind of for both of us, frankly, in our different leagues, right? Like he could have a huge year. I don't know if he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns, but I think he's going to get a ton of yards on the ground. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing with the Ravens is going to be, yeah, those are obviously huge, huge losses. Um, the real question is going to be, okay, how far can their defense you know, take them. Um, because if your defense can take you a long way and Lamar can get you some yards and, and be a, a highlight pack, then, then you'll be in good shape. Um, but again, the injury bug, man, I mean, we talked about this last week is like, you got to stay healthy. And the fact that they're not healthy kind of starting, um, it'll be interesting to see. I know is Dobbins done for the year. Or is he just out for like eight weeks? No, Dobbins is done for the year. Okay. Gus is out for, 
Also maybe the year. Most likely the year, which is nuts. I don't know what's going on in Baltimore, but Peters is also likely done for the year. These are mainly ACL tears, so there's no chance they play in this year. So I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, I have – yeah, so I mean, I have the Ravens actually second uh, in the division at 10-7. and Um, But, yeah, the record for me stands the same, uh, 10-7 and for the Baltimore Ravens. So, Burke, why don't you move into who you have third overall in the Yeah, so third overall I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just – I don't have any faith this year in uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I think that's really what it comes down to for me. Um, I know that last year they started 11-0, but then – I think they got they got lucky a little bit. I think the schedule was was favorable for them for sure. Um, they had like Chase Claypool was unreal. They had they had everything was going well for them, and then they basically just shit the bed the rest of the year. Like from week eleven or week twelve, I believe on, they were garbage. Like they were not good at all, and like I I just I just don't see any reason why. I don't see any reason why they need to be. I mean, they won the division and they lost to the Browns, right? Like in in the wild card uh, game. So I'm like, I don't. And they didn't add anybody. I mean, Nahi Harris is or Najee Harris is good. Like that's a really good addition, considering that you lost James Conner. That's fine. Like that'll help you. I just don't have any faith that Ben Roethlisberger can take this team where they need to go. And I think it's probably the last year of Ben Roethlisberger. If he's back for another year, I'd be shocked. Um, I think he retires after this year. And the side the side note of this is is that the caveat to all this is if their defense can be absolutely massive, kind of like Miami's was last year, if they can be, come up with a lot of points, a lot of turnovers, and put this team in a position to win, um, then they could be higher than what I think that they're going to be. Um, but I have the the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in third, and I have them coming in third at eight and nine. So I have them two games under the Ravens, so a game under five hundred. Yeah, I mean, I have Pittsburgh finishing second in the division, and I can't believe you have Mike Tomlin with a losing record. He just doesn't have a losing record. He always has it's gotta a losing record. It's got to happen eventually. And I just look at this team. This defense is a top five defense in the league. They just signed TJ Watt to the most expensive defensive contract in history, it sounds like. And this defense is going to be legit. And to me, they have so many game breakers on offense as well. Deontay Johnson's going to be huge. Chase Claypool. Najee Harris is going to bring a different element. Their offensive line isn't good, but I think they're going to give them enough space and enough room. And Ben's proven that he can get the ball out quick. So if you can get it out quick to your game breakers, you'll be okay. And if they're going to try and get pressure, that's going to be even better. So all signs and things are saying that Ben's shoulder is much better than last year. I know he was dealing with some injuries and some lingering issues. So all he's got to do is get the ball to these guys in somewhat space, just a little bit of space. And guys like Claypool and Deontay Johnson are going to make a difference. So I have these guys finishing at the same record as Baltimore at 10 and seven, but uh, just getting the tiebreaker. And I think they're just going to finish above in that category. But I mean, I just don't see Mike Tomlin coaching this team with how good this defense is to a losing record. I, I, I don't disagree with the, with the record thing. The only thing I will say is that Bill Belichick also never had a losing record really until last year. Like all good things come to an end, whether it's your star quarterback leaving, whether it's injuries, whatever the case is, it can't just go on forever. Um, and I think this is the beginning of the reset for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then I'm pretty sure that we have a consensus, and I can't believe that 
were even saying this, frankly, considering where they were five, six years ago. Um, Are the but Cleveland Browns a good football team? The Cleveland Browns, the dog pound, they may, they may be good. They may actually be good. They may win the division this year. I, I'm predicting they win the division this year, and I think they're going to actually win quite a few football games. I think they're going to win 11 football games this year. They're going to go 11 and six. The Browns will. Um, I just, I, I, I really liked what I saw last year. Um, like in the playoffs, they played the Chiefs. They, they got the bad end of that, um, unfortunately. But they, they really just at that time couldn't stop them on defense. Um, which I mean, really nobody can. Um, but I think that Baker Mayfield's due for a good year. I didn't really love his year last year, um, but you added some really good pieces. Like you added Jadavian Clowney, um, Malik Jackson. Like you added some really good defensive players, um, and you draft and you drafted well too. You got Awusa Karamoa and uh, Greg Newsom. Like there's some guys that they've picked up that are going to be studs for them. Um, I love the Brownies, man. Never thought I'd say it. Shout out to my boy, Kerry Youngblood, who's been a Brown fan forever. And uh, it might be the year of the dog pound. I've seen multiple, multiple websites predict that the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. But, I mean, that is wild that this is even a conversation considering they were 0-16. Like, what was that, 2016? 2015, whatever that was? Yeah, I mean, you just look around this team. They drafted extremely well. Their two draft picks early were just unbelievable. Owusu Koromoa could have been a first-round pick. No doubt Newsom will really should help that secondary. He's probably going to start slow, corners do. But you add Jadavian Clowney to that front line of Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, and this defense should be improved. And then you look at just the wide receiver depth too. I'm not a huge fan of Odell. But you add that to a wide receiver core, and it's going to help. And then you just look at these running backs. Like, you have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. These are two top-end running backs. So, yeah, they're going to share the ball a bit. But fantasy, you never quite know. But that's going to make them such a good team. And Baker proved last year he can be solid. The only downside to this team is they did win a lot of close games last year. Some of them by choice, because I know there was a game that uh, killed everybody with the spread when Chubb stepped out at the one. So, that game... Probably wasn't as close as it ended up being, but yeah, to me, the Browns are good. I got them finishing 11 and six as well and winning the division and the Cleveland Browns might actually be a good football team. And who who would have thought? I can't believe that we're even talking about this. I seriously can't. I cannot believe that we are talking about Cleveland being a good football team. It's absolutely nuts. Um, Okay. So we've got, I've got Cleveland. uh, Sorry. Let me just go through my list here. So I've got Cleveland at one i've got baltimore at two i've got the steelers at three and i have the Bengals at four and you have the same except for swap the the steelers and the ravens correct yep correct beauty all right there you go afc north done now what division do you want to do you want to go west you want to go south Let's just move right down south and do the AFC South. Cool. So do you want to start out at the bottom again, or do you want to start up top? No, let's start at the bottom. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's very, very simple in my opinion. I don't think that it's absolutely crazy. I think that – now, we've talked about this. There's been some contention in our conversations about this division. This is, might be the most – 
ridiculous conversation we've ever had because nobody gives two shits about either of these teams, really. But I have the Houston Texans finishing last in the AFC South. I know you're not going to be the same, um, but this team is a disaster. You lose J.J. Watt, you lose Will Fuller, you lose Duke Johnson, Fulton, uh, Randall Cobb, Carlos Watkins, and you don't have Deshaun Watson because of legal issues, contract holder, whatever the case is. Tyrod Taylor, whatever. I don't care who's playing at quarterback. This team is not good. They are not going to compete at all. And we've talked about who's going to finish higher, Jags, blah, blah. I I would be shocked if the Texans win. I think the line right now for Texans wins is three and a half, I believe, is what the actual line is. I'm taking the under. I've got the... Oh, uh, no. I've yeah, got, smash the under on smash that. the under. I've got the Texans at two and fifteen, and they're finishing last in the division, and they quite possibly could be the worst team in football this year. Yeah, I mean, with the Texans, we have the exact same record. I have them at two and fifteen. The only caveat to that is I have the Jacksonville Jaguars at two and fifteen as well. Neither team's gonna be good. So they're third, fourth to me. You could swap them each way, two and fifteen records. The Texans, I could see them doing a little bit. I actually think they got a good chance at winning week one, but then they could do what Jacksonville did last year as well and win the first week and then lose 16 in a row, which yep. wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, I, Tyrod Taylor has proven that he can be capable. And you do have Brandon Cooks, who is a steady wide receiver. You'd like him as a two or three and not a number one. But yeah, they got a couple options still. They're not going to be very good. I don't think anybody's thinking they're going to be very good. In my opinion, Jacksonville is just not going to be very good. They didn't hit the parts of their roster they needed to other than quarterback but if you look at their roster last year Gardner Minshew was actually capable a lot of the year and they drafted Travis Etienne who's not playing this season so yep. that's not going to help them much you really got to think James Robinson's probably going to have a little bit of a down year I don't think he can match what he did last year with how exceptional it is and then you do the rookie quarterback with the rookie college coach Neither of those things usually end up very well. So to me, Jacksonville's not going to be very good too. They could be exciting for fantasy because, again, they're going to have to throw it a lot. Trevor Lawrence is everything you can tell a generational player. So they could put up a ton of points, but they're not going to be able to stop teams and they're not going to be able to hold the ball. I don't see it going very well for either team. So, again, I have Houston and Jacksonville. I'm going to put Jacksonville in fourth, but... They're both 2-15. and 15. They're not going to be very good teams. See, I actually have the Jags at 4-13. and 13. I think they win four games this year. And I actually think they've definitely improved on offense, no doubt. Um, you know, they did add Marvin Jones. They did add Carlos Hyde. So even if James Robinson is not like, okay, Carlos Hyde's okay. Like they've got oh, Carlos Hyde is not a good you wait. NFL running back. I'm picking him up on my I'm on waivers, and he's going to be a stud when when uh, fucking Robinson goes out with injury. Um, but I mean, the reality is here's like yeah, you're talking about like last year they were one in fifteen, which was their worst year in franchise history. So they didn't like they they didn't lose as much as I think they gained. I think they were kind of net neutral and they had some games that they could have won, right? Like they're, yeah, you're right. They're not great defensively, but I think they've gotten better offensively and they were in games. Like they, they could have won a few games last year. So I'm going the bold prediction. I got to back up. I got to put my money where my mouth is. And I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars four and 13, which by the way is still absolute dog shit. 
not good, but it's two games better than the Texans because the Texans are the worst. So they're in third. And then second in the division, I mean, I don't think, again, this is a surprise. I think that you and I are going to have similar kind of, you know, this division is going to be similar for us, but I've got uh, the Indianapolis Colts and I've got them in second. Um, They are not going to have as a successful season, sorry, as a, as successful of a season as they did last year. Um, I mean, you lost Phillip Rivers. You added Carson Wentz, who's hurt or was hurt. Um, and I just don't see how you've really done enough. I think that you're going to – I think I love the fantasy angle with uh, um, with the Colts. I know that you're saying the offensive line is, is garbage. So, like, from a running back perspective, Jonathan Taylor may not have as good of a year, uh, but I – argue that you actually might run the ball more because your offensive line is crap. You're not going to have as much time to throw. I don't who do you know who they have as their quarterback right now? The quarterback for week one is supposed to be Carson Wentz. He's supposed, supposed to be ready. okay. So he's supposed to be back. We'll see how he actually plays. I as we said when I talked to the guys with SGP, they think this is curtain call for Carson Wentz. They think if he doesn't have a stud of a year, which again I believe he's probably going to get hurt. I mean the guy's a walking band-aid. Um yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's just one of those things where he's has to either be out of his mind. I don't really think it matters. Um, the Indianapolis Colts are going to finish 9-8. and eight. They're going to get second in the division, and they're going to miss the playoffs. They are not going to make the playoffs. I'm going to tell you who is going to make the playoffs at the end of the show. Uh, sorry, at the end of this segment. Uh, and you're not going to be surprised who I'm picking, but I got Indianapolis second at 9-8. and eight. Yeah, I have Indianapolis with the exact same record, and you touched on a lot of the points that I wanted to. Actually, in the beginning of the offseason, I actually had Indy possibly winning the division. I think I have some futures and some massive parlays for division winners. Just for fun, Indy taking it. But with how bad that offensive line is going to be now to start the year with Quentin Nelson being out, missing Costanzo retiring, uh, Carson Wentz is just going to get killed. We know the guy holds onto the ball too long. So I don't know how I feel even about like, I know T.Y. Hilton's missing the first three weeks. Michael Pittman is going to be their number one, but is Carson Wentz going to be able to get him the ball? Taylor, I'm not big on. I mean, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to still probably be a top 10 running back. I just don't see him finishing in the top five. And I know that's where you drafted him. So that's all I was getting you on. He's still going to be solid. He's still going to be a number one running back, but I just thought there was better options ahead of him. Their defense is still going to be good, and I think they're really well coached. So I could see them having still a decent year. Like nine and eight is nothing to laugh about. I just don't think it's going to be good enough to sneak in a wild card spot in the AFC. I agree, which means that we both have consensus, and the Tennessee Titans and our boy Ryan Tannehill will be the AFC South champs, and they, in my opinion, are going to finish with a record. Of ten and seven, I don't think they're going to have as good a year as people think. I think there's a lot of good teams that have improved in in the AFC, particularly. Um, now that being said, um, I could be, be I could be wrong. I think that I like to always come up with ranges. I think ten and seven is kind of the bottom of the range. I think twelve and five is probably the upper of the range. Um, a drop here, a late touchdown there, and they could be twelve and seven, eleven. Sorry, 12 and 5, 11 and 6. Um, I mean, they added Julio. They still got A.J. Brown. They still got Derrick Henry. Um, like, 
these guys are they they're they're relatively stacked. Um, I don't you know I, I know there's been things saying well they got the big four Ryan Tannehill I'm like he's not part of the big four like no like stop it he just isn't but I think they have enough weapons that they they can be dangerous absolutely. Um, but I have the winning division at ten and seven a modest ten and seven. I I know we both struggle with it because Ryan Tannehill was terrible for the Dolphins, but I'm going to go back to this is not Ryan Tannehill's fault. It's Adam Gase. And as we've learned, Adam Gase is just horrible. Ryan Tannehill's now proven for two years. He is a top 10, if not a top seven or eight quarterback in the NFL. So you do have to consider him a part of that big four. I'm not huge on Julio this year, but Brown and King Henry here are going to just do what they do. And they're going to have a massive year. This team's going to be unbelievable offensively because even adding Julio, it should open up the box more for Henry. And if it doesn't, you have Brown and Julio who you can chuck it to if they don't open up the box. So this offense is going to be tough to beat. Tannehill's proven that he can do the things that he needs to do. He can move his legs a little bit too, which has been a little surprising to see. But uh, this defense secondary is not going to be good still. They're going to struggle there. So they're going to get a lot of high scoring games, but... They're going to win this division because I don't think it's very good. And they are a good team. I have them finishing 11-6. and six, And they're going to have a solid year. But I don't think they're going to get it done later in the playoffs or anything. But, again, they're a good, great offense. This could be a top-five offense in the league. But the defense is going to struggle. They're just very top-heavy, in my opinion. They're just – like, if, if those guys aren't firing, and even from a fantasy perspective or whatever, like, if Derrick Henry has a bad game, I just don't think they have enough, and that's why. Again, as I said, I have the one game less. One game, as I said, one ten and seven or eleven and six doesn't really matter. Like those are kind of the same things as long as the our consensus is they win. I don't think that's a shock considering who's in the division. And like, I mean, come on, Colts, no, Texans, absolutely not, Jags, absolutely not. So it's it should be a lock. I mean, this, in my opinion, should be the the worst odds to win division. This one. Um, I mean, there's other ones that you could argue, but this is definitely one of the worst ones. Yeah, to me, really, there's one team who can win the division, unless Wentz has another MVP-like season, but I don't see it happening again. I think we're finding out who Wentz actually is. So this uh, division is just Tennessee's, and it should move on from there. And I think that uh, is a good transition point to the AFC West. And the AFC West is like one of those divisions that you look at and you're like, man, there's two really good teams in this division. And there's two teams in this division that you're like, man, they're going to kind of suck, as they always do. I think there's – yeah, you're. I know you're shaking your head. There's two of them that are going to suck. And when I say suck, I there's mean they're going to be – three under- good teams in this division. No, they're – come on. You're, are you, please don't tell me the Broncos are a good team. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the Broncos' defense is legit. They are a good team. Who's the quarterback? Teddy two gloves. Oh my god. Okay, let's start at the bottom. I don't want. I will get there in a second. It's a fucking hamburger helper. This guy. Um, Las Vegas Raiders are finishing last in the AFC West. Um, they like. I don't know what their like long term plan is, but I tell you what. They they just they were so underwhelming in the offseason. They basically did nothing. They have one of the most beautiful stadiums in the NFL, and they're still shit and frankly i think josh jacobs like again he got a, he had legal issues in the offseason he was in an accident um his stock especially in fantasy went down a lot um i think that they're going to regress from last year which they finished eight and eight and they finished second in the afc west and they're going to finish seven and 
10. I almost said 6 and 11, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that Derek Carr somehow one game is going to pull one out of his ass, and that's how they're going to get to 7 and 10. So they're not going to be, they're going to be middle of the pack, under 500. Um, the addition of Kenyon Drake, I think, is meh. And Josh Jacobs, I'm not high on this year, so I think they're coming in last, and I don't think that should be a shock. No, I have them finishing in last place in the division two. Their draft was weird as they just kind of do and John Gruden likes doing. But this offense definitely has pieces. Like Darren Waller is elite. He is he is. To me, there's there's two top tight ends in the league, and it's Kelsey and Waller, and everybody else is quite a bit down. Pitts might be able to get there this year. But Derek Carr's proven that he can be, especially fantasy wise, actually a pretty legit player most weeks. And if they can get one of these wide receivers like Rogs or Edwards to take a big step this year, this offense could be good. I think they're going to be close in a lot of games, but I have them finishing seven and 10 too, last in the division. Uh, their defense just isn't good enough, which should help guys like Waller and stuff because he's again, nobody can match up against Waller and Kelsey on defense. So it'll help the fantasy numbers. But yeah, again, this team's just going to be middle of the pack. They're not going to get a good draft pick and then they'll probably go off the board with that draft pick anyways and not really improve too much. Yeah, I and I, yeah, I can't disagree. And kind of moves into th- so again third. Third is the Denver Broncos. We agree on this. I'm assuming. We do. Okay. So the real question is is what you have their record at, and I have their record at eight and nine. I. Again, you could argue like I just don't like unless your record is ten and seven. I don't know how you're going to argue there's three good teams in this division because they're a middle of the pack mediocre team. Teddy Bridgewater is not a uh, franchise saving quarterback. I mean, he bumped Drew Locke, freaking hamburger helper. Teddy two loves didn't show me enough with Carolina last year. I don't know any Carolina fan that was happy with Teddy. I mean, our buddy Nate was saying, "Oh, this guy's amazing at the start of the year," and then. By the end of the year, he's like, "Hey, we got to get rid of this clown." Well, now he's on the same board with uh, with Darnold, but same thing. Like, I, I just again with with the Broncos, I don't. This is kind of a trend. Is like, I don't like last year. They were five and eleven. They missed the playoffs. They finished third. They're still going to finish third because the division, the top two in the division, are unreal. Um, and yeah, they may have a really good defense. I mean, versus my when they played Miami last year, late their defense stood on their head. And they got the job done and beat us late, which kind of frankly cost us a playoff spot. I think that that's fair to say. Um, like one of the reasons, I wouldn't say the only reason, but like that game was killer for us. Um, and yeah, they may do that to a few teams, but they're not going to do that enough to be a good team. And they will finish sub 500. They're going to go eight and nine. No, I have them at 10 and seven, along with a few other teams. I do have them finishing third in the division. There's going to be a lot of teams at 10 and seven, and there's going to be, as there was last year, teams in the AFC missing with 10 wins. Denver might have the number one defense in the league this year. They improved their secondary huge. If their front line can stay healthy, it's legit. Vic Fangio has a great game plan on defense. This defense will be a top five and arguably could be a top three or the best defense in the NFL this season. Uh, they've improved on offense a bit. They've got Teddy Two Gloves, who's just going to be steady. They don't need him to be good. If they wanted the high upside, Drew Locke's the guy to go. Drew Locke is a lot more boomer bust, but they just wanted a guy who's going to be able to hand it off, hit the right spots, and that was what Teddy does. He didn't do much in Carolina. He was average, and that's all you need to be when your defense can be this good. And you have some big, great game breakers on this team. Javante Williams is going to be big. Melvin Gordon's still okay, 
Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, like these guys are going to have big years and you just need them to be good. The offense doesn't have to be great because this defense is that good. And I think they're going to finish 10 and seven. Again, we'll get into the playoff talk later because there's clearly teams at 10 and seven who are missing the playoffs. But again, I think this team is going to be quite good. This defense is going to keep them in every game and they're going to win quite a few of those games because again, Teddy Bridgewater gets the job done in those tight games or does enough to help get the job done. He doesn't take you over the top, but you don't need to with this defense. There's some good points there. Again, we're, we're going to see how it all shakes out. Um, and this is beauty. I mean, again, we have them in the same position. It's just the games there. Um, I, I just don't, I, I just look at it. And I'm like, I don't get how they're going to beat the chargers and how they're going to beat the chiefs at all. So I'm like, okay, so there's four games lost. So then you got to come up with 10 of 13. I just think to me, to me they'll unlikely. split with the Chargers. They'll go home and home with the Chargers. The Chiefs, they might be able to steal one. They always play the Chiefs tough, especially in Denver. You got to remember that, especially with fans this year, Denver's one of the hardest places to play in the NFL, just at altitude and elevation and stuff. And especially with a defense that good. So that'll make it interesting. But I mean, I think moving on to the next team, I think we both have the Chargers. And I really just have one point with the Chargers. They've had yep. skill for years. No Anthony Lynn. That's yep, Mike drop, Mike drop, move on. Uh, they're finishing ten and seven, two tied with Denver, and just Anthony Lynn's gonna not him not being there just makes all the world a difference. Yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, that's the biggest thing, honestly. I mean, he again, this is again comparable to um, Miami with you get rid of Changeli, and we'll see this year what happens. I think it makes a massive difference because I think that he really held the offense back for the Dolphins. Same thing with Anthony Lynn making terrible decisions for the team. Um, so, I mean, the Chargers finished 7-9. and They missed the playoffs. And this year, I think they're going – I think that Herbert's going to have another huge year. Um, really excited for to see what Keenan Allen's going to do. Um, and I think they're going to do 11-6. and So, I think, I, as I said, I have them 11-6. and You have, the, you have them at, what did you say, 10-7? and yeah, so that to me is probably just the Denver game as I have them splitting yeah, with Denver. Exa- so that's the only exa- difference. Exactly, yeah. So I got them 11 and 7. I think they sweep Denver this year. Um, yeah, and we can move on from that. It's, it's fairly simple. I think that, again, the only caveat, Cam, that I will say is that if Herbert has a regression year, a sophomore slump, you might say, then it could get like it could get ugly, right? So you don't have Anthony Lynn. Um, obviously that should be a boost, but if Herbert has a sophomore slump or whatever happens and he just doesn't perform as well and gets in his head, it could go south really, really quick, especially if he's throwing into coverage that he's not that, you know, people are like, okay, I know where this guy's throwing. Now it's his second year in the league, throwing into coverage. He's not supposed to gets picked off a bunch, loses a couple games. Who knows what could happen with that? So I think that again, my 11 and six is assuming that he's going to be excellent, but it could be worse and perhaps they could swap with the Broncos but that's like a different kind of timeline in my opinion I'm just going with what I think the most likely thing is to happen yeah and I mean the most likely thing to happen in this division is Casey winning the division Uh, yeah I mean Kansas City is what they are Mahomes is a top-end talent Tyreek Hill is a top-end talent Travis Kelsey is a top-end talent this O-line went from especially in the Super Bowl, horrible because of injuries, to arguably the best O-line in the league to start the year, they fixed most of their holes. I mean, there's parts of their defense that still aren't going to be great, but when you have Kelsey, Hill, Mahomes, you don't need a great defense. So this team's just going to do what they do. I have them finishing 14-3, and three and 
they're just going to be a team. Again, they're to me right there for Super Bowl favorites, top three for sure. And we'll just get to get to have fun watching Hill, Kelsey and Mahomes all season. Yep. I, and again, this is, this is a rubber stamp move on. Um, I, again, I almost had them at 14 to three, but then I thought week 17 and week 18, they're probably going to rest players. So I thought maybe they throw those two games. So I have them at 13 and four. Um, that was my only thought. So I think they lose two during the actual season. And then week 17, week 18, I don't think they start Mahomes. I don't think they start their starters. They Maybe they play them one quarter. And those could be games where if they play – I don't know the schedule. I don't have it right in front of me. But if they play teams that are desperate and they don't want to play their good players, I could see them losing a couple late. And that's pretty – that's the MO of the Chiefs is usually they lose one late, um, whether it's to Miami, which has happened a lot, um, or to whoever when they don't play anybody. Like I could see that happening. So I got them at 13-4, and four, but definitely winning the division. Yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting with the 17th week or 17th game, 18th week this year to see what teams do. Do they rest for two day, two games at the end of the season, or do they go all out till the end? I mean, I think KC definitely wants that bye week with only one bye week now in the each uh, conference. So that'll be interesting to see what happens down the stretch. But that's basically where they'll be competing. They'll probably be competing with one of the teams we're going to touch on in a bit for that first overall seed and to see who gets that bye week. Uh, I love it. I love it, which means that we need to move into the AFC East and not the AFC least, the AFC East, because you're going to have some extremely talented teams in this division. And I've got a couple bets already on the go in this division. Cam, let's start at the bottom. And this is going to be a consensus pick. So we don't have to chat about this forever. Yeah, I mean, it's the New York Jets. To me, the New York Jets are going to have a greatly improved season. I'm actually huge on what they did in the offseason. I think Zach Wilson could be massive in a few years. No Adam Gase. I mean, we know how good that can be for a team, so that's huge. Uh, They made a couple other big moves, like Corey Davis is going to be big. I think Zach Wilson, Corey Davis could be huge for a couple years. I have some stocks in Corey Davis and fantasy, and I just – I do. However, they're not going to be good in this division. They're going to be improved year, and it's going to be a big year for the Jets. They did a lot of good things. I have them finishing five and twelve, which for me that's a big improvement. When they were probably the worst team in the NFL, I know they finished with the second worst record last year, but I think they've done a lot of the right moves. And although they're going to finish last in the division, I'm actually quite impressed with what the Jets did. Yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, again, it's one of those things where like you can. St- the NFL, if you add a couple of pieces, even just the quarterback or whatever the picks, and this is what I like about not having lottery picks, is that if you are the worst team, you are going to get the best players. And I think that in the, in this sport, it makes a lot of sense because um, it's really hard to tank in this sport, frankly. Uh, well, it's easy to tank, but it's also like the, everybody could tank at the same time and finish the same low record. So, um so I got to clarify this. The reason I'm saying this is because like in the NHL, you have 82 games. It's very hard to tank 82 games. It's a lot harder to lose 16 games in a row than it is to lose 82 in a row, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, as I said, they're, they're going to be improved. Um, they had they didn't go 0-16 last season, so that was a positive. Um, they put up fighting some good games when they were a worse team. So yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with your kind of opinion opinion at all on that i will have to see again quarterback wise what happens i mean they were two and 14 last year 
Um, the, the, the one thing is they lost Frank Gore, so I don't know how that's going to affect them. Um, but Zach Wilson should have should have a good year. Um, no Adam Gase, which again, this is as, as basically as as positive as not having Anthony Lynn. And I have the same record, five and twelve for the New York Jets. And to me, the New York Jets could shock a lot of teams this year and put up close games and maybe even steal a few. And I don't think they're going to be a walkover like they were most of last season. I think it's going to be a tough team. Their defense still isn't going to be great. But, again, I think the Jets are going to have a big year for them and an improved season. I agree. I agree. Now we're getting to the crux of it. Who do you have at three? Uh, I mean, I'm going to go against most, and I think that's probably biased because I know most people have this team at two, but the Patriots are finishing third in the division to me. They're going eight and nine. They spent a ton of money, which is shocking for a Bill Belichick team, picking up like Johnny Smith, Aguilar, Hunter Henry. They bring in a lot of pieces. I think it was a big move to get rid of Cam Newton, bring in McCorkle Jones uh, for their season and see how he does. (laughs) McCorkle Jones, I love it. But I think one thing we've learned is, especially, I mean, everyone hates on Tua. And one thing we've learned is Alabama quarterbacks aren't great overall. I've been against Jalen Hurts. I'm not a huge fan of Mac Jones, other than I think he can be successful in this New England Patriots thing. And they're going to be okay. I think they could easily finish 10-7. and 7. It wouldn't shock me. But i got to give a couple edges to the Dolphins. And I think they're going to finish 8-9 and nine and finish third. Yep. That's it. I got nothing else to say. I have them at eight and nine. I have them finishing third. I, I, again, I actually could see them finishing last. I have a bet right now that Miami will finish. Sorry. The bet is that, uh, <coughs> sorry. The bet is that the Patriots will finish two games ahead of the Miami Dolphins. No chance that's going to happen because they're finishing eight and nine. Miami is winning more than six games this year. No doubt about it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you could argue, well, you got Bill Belichick, this, that, and the other thing. I don't care, man. Obviously, Tom Brady last year winning the Super Bowl proved that it was just as much Brady as it was Belichick. Belichick had a short roster last year, and his systems obviously didn't get the job done. You can argue it's Cam. You can argue it's injuries. You can argue whatever you want. Um, I'm not sold on Mac Jones, frankly. I haven't seen him play that much. If he comes out and they start 5-0, and then then we can have a conversation in, in a month or so. Um, but until then... I have them at eight and nine, which again is, you know, it's, it's an improvement. They were seven and nine last year. So add one more game that they're going to win because of the extra game this year. And I think they're pretty much the same. And, uh, okay, let's, let's do Miami last. We both have Miami at two and both have the bills at three, but let's do Miami at last. And we'll talk about them. So we have the bills at number one. Um, I, I don't think that's a shock. They added Mitch Trubisky and Emmanuel Sanders and I know and Matt Breida and they didn't really lose a whole bunch. So, I mean, the reality is, is that this team rides and dies uh, with Josh Allen, um, you know, running back wise, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, they'll be fine. They probably don't run the ball a ton as it is anyway. Um, but given how good they were last year and what they were able to do to Miami in the last week against that defense and, um, who were desperate for a playoff spot um, and what they did in, in the playoffs. Um, I don't see how you can fade these guys at all. Their team is pretty much the same. I still think they're going to be an amazing team, and I think they're going to win the division. They're going to win the division at 13-4. and four. 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Buffalo is still the class of this division. How much I want to try and put Miami there, I just can't. Buffalo's no. secondary is unbelievable. You got Allen, you got Diggs, who are just unbelievable pieces. I think Emmanuel Sanders, they really wanted him, so he's going to be a part of that offense. And again, you look at it, like bringing in Greg Rousseau in the draft, he could be a chance for defensive rookie of the year. And if he can help that rush, that pass rush, that's going to be huge. And again, if they can add a run game with Moss and Singletary, that'll just bring this team to a new level. And that's where they're going to start compete for the Super Bowl. This team is a really good team and they brought in pieces that they could really take the next step. And if that happens, they're going to easily win this division. And I have them finishing 14 and three and competing for first in the AFC. Yeah, they very they very well might. I mean, the Chiefs again, they can't take it every single year forever and ever and the Bills are a, they're a stud team. I mean, as much as we hate to say it, um they are. Like it just it is what it is. So, um moving into the last team and in the AFC, the Miami Dolphins, our boys, um they're going to get second in the division. I don't have a doubt about that. Um the real question is is are they going to make the playoffs? I don't no, and I don't think anybody actually knows. Most experts are saying they will not uh, make the playoffs, and a lot of people have them going like eight and nine, seven and ten. Um, I have the Miami Dolphins going ten and seven, and I think that this is the year that they're going to sneak in. They're going to get a wild card spot. They're not going to blow the doors off. They're going to get one of those three spots. Um, they're going to go ten and seven. They're there's there's that's not the ceiling either i think they could get to 11 wins i think legit they could get to 11 and 6 um but i think that to say that this year they are going to regress from their 10 and 6 season last year is nuts the only reason that people are saying this is because of the uncertainty of Tua Tagovailoa that's it that's the only reason you added pieces on offense you added uh Jalen Waddle and you added Will Fuller and Will Fuller's hurt or whatever is what I heard, but I and he's suspended for the first week anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but you added offensive pieces. Devontae Parker's healthy. You still have Miles Gaskin. Your defense really hasn't changed that much, and they were a top three defense last year. Top five, definitely, definitely, but I'm pretty sure top three. And so where is this two or three game reduction coming from? The only place it's coming from, as I said, is Tua Tagovailoa. I think that he will have a better year this year, not playing the Changeli system. I think being able to throw, be, having guys that are fast and hooking up with guys that he worked with in college, and but just guys with speed, being able to throw the ball downfield, which he is good at, and being a little bit more mobile, being a little bit more comfortable. Knowing that he's the only guy, Miami's going to go ten and seven this year, fighting for a wild card spot. I don't have a doubt about it. Lock it up. Yeah, I have Miami finishing at ten and seven as well. The thing about their defense is they had a lot of turnovers. They led the league in turnovers. They actually were the twenty third ranked defense in yards given up. So you can argue, is it a bend don't break defense? Were they just really better because of the interceptions and fumbles and turnovers? So maybe you're there for a little regression in the turnovers and this defense isn't as good. I think Jalen Phillips is huge. That brings a big option for pass rushing. He's a mobile linebacker, outside linebacker, wherever he plays on the edge. So that could be huge. He's another one of those guys who I th- think is going to be in the conversation for defensive rookie of the year. So this defense should still be really good. But again, it comes down to Tua. Is Tua the quarterback or not? And I'm I'm not a big Tua believer. I've been honest about that. Yep. But 
he doesn't need to be terrific. With this defense and the skill positions around him, Gusecki, Fuller, Waddle, Parker, Gaskin, he doesn't need to be terrific. He just needs to be good. And if he can be good and get the ball to these playmakers, the same way I feel is like Denver, again, good defense, are a capable quarterback. And I think now that he's had a full training camp, they've now had a system around him. I think it's going to be much better. So again, I have them finishing 10 and seven. I have a lot of teams at 10 and seven who are going to be competing and figure out these tiebreakers for the playoffs. But uh, I think it's going to be a good year and we can uh, get into the playoffs and I'll let you know where the Dolphins finish there. I like it. Let's do it. So we've gone through all of our, all, all of our teams um, and we've gone through every division. Cam, who do you have winning the AFC? So I have the Bills and Chiefs finishing with the same record, but I'm going to give the tiebreaker here. We'll see how I know all the tiebreakers end up working, but the Chiefs the Chiefs are going to win the AFC. Andy Reid's going to want that bye week because him on a bye week is much better, so they're going to figure it out and finish first in the AFC. The Chiefs will finish first in the AFC. Who's finishing second? <laughs> it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. I had the same record, so they're just going to lose the tiebreaker. Again, they are a really good team, and they're going to get the worst wildcard team in the first round. So to me, the Chiefs and Bills are the class of most of this AFC, and that's where it's going to finish. The Bills will finish second in the AFC. Who do you got third? <laughs> so I, I've kind of moved around on this one a bit, but it's going to be the Tennessee Titans finish third. I think just the strength of division is going to help them here get that record to be able to get the third spot and hopefully get a little weaker matchup in the wild card game. Okay. Um, yeah, I've got the Cleveland Browns as third in the AFC grab one of those playoff spots. I again, I think that I think that Cleveland is better than Tennessee. I think they're more well-rounded than Tennessee. Um I again, I I just I don't know. I just have a little bit more faith in them and again, I don't I'm low on the Steelers, I'm low on the Bengals. The Ravens could be fine, but again, Cleveland I think is going to win that division as I had said and I think that they will be third. Yeah, I don't disagree. I have them at four. I just think, again, Tennessee's division being a little weaker is going to allow them to get that other spot. But, I mean, yep, there we covered three and, three and four. So, Burke, why don't you go first? Who do you have at five? At five, man. So, I think it's going to be pretty simple. At five, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Um, despite the fact that they have running back issues, um, I think that, Lamar Jackson's proven himself enough and that defense has proven himself enough that with their record, I think they're going to be fine. And I think they're going to sneak into that fifth spot. I just look around the look around the AFC and I'm like, okay, so who else is going to have kind of a better record than them? Um, Cause I know the Colts won't. And I don't know. I just, the only other, the only one that I could say who could have a better record is the chargers. And I have them kind of at similar records. So I'm, you know, I think I think I actually said the Ravens were going to be worse. So let me revert that. So I think I'm going to go Chargers at five, Ravens at six. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think that probably makes the most sense because I don't see anybody who's better than the Ravens other than the Chargers, but I don't see anybody who's going to beat the Ravens. So other than the Chargers. So we got quite different different here in a hurry. Me, I have the Steelers finishing at five. Again, I just think this defense and Ben doesn't need to be good. And this is all teams at 10 and seven. I have like five teams at 10 and seven. So only three of them can make the playoffs at six. I have the chargers. They're right there at 10 and seven. And again, I just think they're going to make it. 
And then I'll, I'll give away my seventh overall here too. And it's going to be the Dolphins. The Dolphins are going to sneak in there at 10 and seven. I had to get it. So the big surprise to everybody is I have the Baltimore Ravens missing the playoffs. I just wow. think the record against good teams last year is going to catch up to them this year. They were four and three against good teams last or three and four against good teams last year, teams above 500. It's going to catch up to them this season. And with all these teams at 10 and seven, they're going to miss the playoffs, especially with these injuries. Wow. I mean, I also have the Dolphins at seven. Um, last team in the playoffs. I think this is going to be a year you're going to make it. I don't know if they make a massive splash necessarily, but um, I think that they're, I think they're going to get there. As I said the only difference I had is the Steelers are not get, are not getting there. Like this is kind of the same thing. Like you got a team that people are shocked. I got a team that I don't know if everybody's shocked on. I just don't think the Steelers are going to be good. So so there you have it. And I mean we can break it down. Um, I don't know. Miami's definitely not going to the Super Bowl this year. I don't think that's a. There's no chance of that. There's no chance they win the division either. So I don't know. Guess we'll see what happens. Well, sh- well, it'll all shake down starting tonight in 10 minutes. Now it's the NFC, but it's all shaking down. It's all going on this weekend. We're going to possibly miss the first game, depending on what happens with our golf tournament. But it's going to be good. I'm pumped. So, Burke, I know it's 10 minutes away from game time, and we have a lot of picks to make, but it wouldn't be an over six podcast if we didn't mention tennis right now. Right now, yes. Layla Fernandez is up one set to nothing in the U.S. Open semifinals. So by the time you're listening to wow. this, she could be in the finals. She took the first set in a tiebreak 7-6. And, I mean, what a U.S. Open. Even if she loses tonight, we got Felix tomorrow in the semifinals. These are Canadian tennis players under 21 years old or 22 and younger. This is unbelievable for Canadian tennis. And we had four of them in the fourth round, and... It's pretty fun to watch. And I know we got lots of football, but we're tennis fans here at over six as well. So we got to touch on that a little bit. How are you feeling about the U S open and Canadian tennis Burke? I mean, the reality is you got two Canadians who are going to take home at least 650 us, 650 K us. So I mean, that's not bad as a 19 year old. eh? no, I mean, she just, Layla just turned 19 on Monday. So you get to come home, win or lose. You're coming home to the bars. No doubt about that. Um, with 650k, I mean, honestly, I, I is she accepting? And she won't even have to buy a drink. I know she won't like have that, to buy a drink. That's the crazy part is like she doesn't even have to use it. Um, in all seriousness, though, like I, I, I don't know. I, it's amazing. First of all, I didn't love, by the way, what what's his face said. Um, uh, McEnroe, I didn't love what he said about how Canadians are. I know he's joking and it was kind of tongue in cheek, but basically saying that, you know. Canadians are hockey players. They're not tennis players. They shouldn't beat us at tennis. And it's like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you do realize that none of the best tennis players in the last 10 years were American? Just so you know. Roger Federer was Swiss. Rafa Nadal was uh, Spanish. And uh, Novak Djokovic is, uh, uh, what is he, Slovenian? Serbian. 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 There you go. So none of those were Americans. You'd be like, oh, you got Osaka and you got Serena Williams. That's fine. You want to talk about women's tennis? Osaka go ahead. doesn't play for Osaka doesn't play for the U.S. She's freaking American, dude. I don't care. Whatever. She's Japanese, but she's really not. Anyway, um, but you got Serena Williams, who's the best, um, obviously, and <laughs> like in men's, legitimate- in men's tennis now for a while they haven't been good. Andy Roddick was okay. Marty Fish was okay. John Isner was okay. But for a while now, Canada's been way better. Even if you look at Vashti Pospisil and, and Milos Raonic. Milos got to number three in the world. He's been much better than the U.S. men's for a while. The U.S. women's, they have had players who were there and there. But now again, 
Canadians, you look at Bianca Andreescu and Leila Fernandez, Canada's much better. We've been better at doubles. Daniel Nestor's been unbelievable. I know they had the brothers who won a bunch too, but we had arguably the best doubles player in the last 10 years as well. So, yeah, I don't appreciate that. We are much better at tennis, and arguably right now Canada is the number one tennis nation in the world, which is crazy to think, especially when you look at the four players right now who are at the top of their game. All four of them are under 23 years old, which is crazy because this could be an exciting 10 years for Canadian tennis. I really hope Layla wins. Her tennis stroke, by the way, is so weird. Like the way she addresses the ball and hits, it's actually kind of crazy. But um, regardless, uh, I hope they have success. And we need to get into some into some football here and make our predicts for this upcoming uh, week one. All right, let's move into our predicts. Our predictions are against the spread predictions for week one of the NFL. Cam, should I just play it? Why not? It is week one of the over six NFL picks against the spread. Cam and I will be doing these predictions for every game. And we will be doing them every week. Cam, we're starting tonight. The game hasn't started yet. By the time people are listening to this podcast, it's probably going to be already over. But just to note, it is 8-18. Game has not started. So we're going to start right now. Cam, are we going to keep track of our picks this year? Yeah, I will keep track of every pick against the spread plus one lock per week. So hopefully you got that ready there, Burke. I don't, but I will. I think it's pretty easy this week. So let's do it. Who do we got first up tonight to kick off the NFL 2021 season? We got Dallas at Tampa Bay, and the line is a minus nine for Tampa Bay. Huge line in game one. Where, what are you thinking in this one, Burke? I love them Cowboys, baby. Love the boys. Plus nine. I think it's opening night. So I don't think teams are, I don't think they're both going to be firing at all cylinders here. Really don't. And, I mean, the Cowboys kind of got kicked in the nuts last year. A lot of injury problems. They're going to be firing on all cylinders tonight, ready to go. I don't know if it's enough to get the dub, but I do think they're going to cover the nine-point spread. Give me the Cowboys plus nine. Yeah, I hate this number. I mean, Tampa's winning this game, yeah. no doubt in my mind. They're the better team. This number is a lot. To me, Dallas with Zeke not being 100%, Dak's definitely not 100% still. That injury is hard to come back from. Brady has done this before. He's been there, done that. He's not going to have the Super Bowl hangover, so I can't do it. I can't bet on Dallas, so i got to take minus 9 Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be tough to cover that number, but Dallas' defense is horrible, and Tampa's is all-around good team. I mean, they're the Super Bowl champions, and they didn't get any worse. So we'll go Tampa covers the 9 points. Well, we're already split on the first game. I love it. Game number two, and we move to Sunday football. So we got kind of the first game we're going to touch on is Philly at Atlanta. And Atlanta is favored by three and a half points. Ooh. Where do you got this one going? Man, both of those teams suck so much. Uh, yeah, they're not good. I mean... Oh, geez. Okay, so here's the thing is I don't think Philly is going to have long-term success, 
but I also think the Falcons are trash. The only problem that I have here is, is like, could Kyle Pitts have an absolutely monster first game? Maybe. Um, but every time I bet on Atlanta, I just feel disgusting. I did it four or five times in the first 10 weeks last year, and they always lost. But also the Eagles are going to be worse in their division. Like, oh, God, I, I don't know. This is gross. Give me the Eagles plus the points. Plus three and a half Eagles. I, I don't like it, by the way. I don't like either of these ones. I really feel gross saying Falcons by three and a half, but I also don't want to say Eagles by three and a half or plus three and a half. So give me the dogs. Yeah, to me, neither team is good. Neither team's going to be that good all season, but I'm going to take the Atlanta offense in this at home in the dome. Matt Ryan is still a serviceable quarterback. He's still got Calvin Ridley. He's got. Pitts. We'll see what if they can scheme something up around him, and they have Russell Gage, so their offense should be and could be still really good. So I'm going to take Atlanta covering the three and a half points at home. We are split on both games. Good start, buddy. Good start. Who do we got next? So we're going to move into Pittsburgh at Buffalo, and Buffalo is favored by six and a half points here. Buffalo covers the spread, no doubt about it. Uh, lock it up. That's my lock of the week. Buffalo is winning game one. Um, I don't know. I just, I do not think the Steelers are going to, I don't, I'm not high on them. I said this at the start. Buffalo is going to be good. I said, Buffalo is going to go. What did I say? 13 and four. Um, they're not losing week one to the Steelers and they're at home, right? Yeah. So they're not losing. No fans in the stands at new Era field. They're not, or new Era field, new Era stadium, whatever. They're not losing. Lock it up. Buffalo bills minus six and a half. Wow, we are a split right down the middle. I think Buffalo is going to win this game, no doubt to me. But six and a half is too many points with how good this Pittsburgh defense is. So I got to take Pittsburgh laying this or not to be able to cover. They're not going to win the game. Buffalo is winning this game, but six and a half points to me is too much. They're going to win by like a field goal. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh here. Is our lock, by the way, a win or is it the spread? It's got to be the spread. Okay, still gave me the spread. I don't give a fuck. Bills minus six and a half. I think they're going to trounce the Steelers. I am low on the Steelers this year. And by the way, I had a really good run, undefeated run in the NHL, which was fun. Um, I don't see that happening this year. Would prefer to start one to know. I just, as I said, the Bills offense, I get how good the Steelers D can be and it and or is. But the opposite of that coin is the Bills offense is legit. And they exposed Miami in the last week. And they got it done in the playoffs, and they're going to get it done week one. Yeah, to me, this is the perfect part of a teaser. Because you do a six-point teaser, which is pretty standard. That's when you get your most bang for your buck. Moving the Bills to .5, so basically a pick them, that's a no-doubter. But at six and a half, I think this Pittsburgh defense is too good. So we'll move into the next game, and that's the New York Jets at the Carolina Panthers. Carolina is minus four. Um... Yeah, I jeez. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean it's a, it's a Sam Darnold revenge game. So, I'm going to take the Panthers minus 4 because again, the Jets are not going to win a lot of games this year and the Panthers are going to be better than people think. They're not going to be as good as some of our listeners think they are going to be, but they're definitely going to be decent. And I think Sam Donald revenge game showing his old team, hey, why the fuck do you trade me? Here you go. I probably wanted to be traded, frankly. But this revenge spot for him is huge. Carolina's going to cover that number. Carolina minus four. 
Yeah, to me, Carolina minus four is an easy pick here. Zach Wilson, I think, is going to be a good quarterback, but not in week one. Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold, the revenge game. This is a big game for Carolina. If C-Max healthy, this is should be a no-doubt. Minus four, Carolina. I like that. All right. So uh, our next consensus, our first consensus pick. Look yeah, our first consensus pick here. So our next game is going to be Minnesota at Cincy. Minnesota is favored by three and a half points. Lock. Oh, sorry. Can I change my lock? We will let you cover your lock at the end, Burke, okay. before you change it four or five Can times Can I make here. multiple locks? Because that is a lock. Mini is so, Minnesota is so much better than the Bengals. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. The Bengals are not going to be that good. Like, they're going to win, what did I say, four games, five games? Like, they're not going to be good at all. Minnesota's defense has been, like, Jekyll and Hyde the last four or five years. They were, like, the best in the league, and then they were, like, the middle of the pack then they were like bottom 10 um i think they should be better this year i think kirk is gonna have a game i think jefferson's gonna pick up where he left off um delvin cook is gonna absolutely shred the bengals give me the number with the with the with the vikings yeah to me this line makes no sense to me minnesota is gonna be a good team i think they're gonna be a really not a really good team they're gonna be solid mike zimmer is gonna improve this defense this offense showed that it can be good even with cousins at quarterback since he's not good I don't see them being good early, especially with how bad Chase has looked. So three and a half points, this is easy. Minnesota's covering this. No all, problem. All day. All day. Next. Next game is San Francisco <laughs> at Detroit. And San Francisco is laying eight here. Eight points wow. on Detroit. Ooh, that's a big number. Um, I'll go first here. Yeah, I do. It. I'll go first this time. Detroit is losing this game. But with Jimmy G, a quarterback for San Fran, they're not winning by more than eight points here. I don't think Dan Campbell will let his team go out in week one and get smashed by multiple touchdowns. Jared Goff has proven that he can be okay. He won a road playoff game last year. I'm not a big fan of Jared Goff, but he does have Hawkinson there. Uh, DeAndre Swift looks like he's probable for week one, so they do have some pieces that they can slow down the game a bit. Detroit's not winning, and they're not going to be very good. Eight points is way too much. I know San Fran should be better than their record last year, but to me, eight points is too much, and Detroit's probably going to lose by four or five. I 100% agree. I think this could come down to a, to a late field goal, um, and I wasn't high on – I have not been high on San Francisco in general, but I 100% agree. They're going to be super scrappy. The Detroit Lions are the Ottawa Senators of the NFL. They are going to scrap and claw and fight every single game they're gonna take your kneecap don't even worry about it um yeah i love the lions plus eight here i think that's a great spot and actually if you want to really tease it i think you get a really good number at like plus uh ten and a half like if you're worried about it plus ten and a half you could probably tease it to you could probably tease it three points two to eleven is probably the number. Um, I think that's a great number. I, I really or I guess it's a pleaser actually but whatever the case is I like that yeah, I, I don't mind throwing Detroit into a full six teaser with like Buffalo covering 0.5, Detroit plus 14. To me, that's pretty much a lock there. So again, San Francisco is going to win this game. I don't think Detroit's good, but even if I was, I wouldn't be scared of sprinkling a little money on the money line because I think it was like plus 300 for Detroit. That's a pretty good number to have a little bit of fun. So we'll see, but uh, we'll move on to the next game. And uh, this is the loser bowl. 
Whoever loses this game is most likely to end up with first overall pick, in my opinion. We got Jacksonville heading to Houston. Jacksonville is laying three points. Give me Jacksonville on the points. I think they win by a touchdown. I win by a touchdown. Texans are trash. They're going to win two games this year, and this is not going to be one of them. No way, no how. No chance. Give me the Jags. Jags are going to win. I don't want to hear it. Week one, we got a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. We have Houston, who's got a veteran. I think Tyrod Taylor is considered a veteran at this point. Stabby long. They're going to they're gonna split one and one in the season series, so Houston's going to win the home game or at least finish close. Three points. I'll take Houston here. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Moving, moving into the next game, we have Seattle at Indy. Seattle's laying three points. Give me Seattle. Three points, no doubt about it. No doubt. And he's not that I, – I, we just talked about this. We talked about how good Seattle was going to be, and we talked about how mediocre Indy was going to be. I talked about that at least. Seattle in the three points, come on. I think the line should probably be more. I sh- it should probably be like five and a half, six and a half, something like that. Like I think three is way too little. Yeah, to me, especially earlier in the year, early in the year with Wentz' first really true game, he hasn't had a really good training camp because of injuries. This line again is in the wrong spot for me. Three points, Seattle. This is easy. Seattle's going to cover that, no problem. Next game, we get a little more interesting. I think we have Arizona at Tennessee. Tennessee's laying three points here. Ooh, ooh. Oh man. I might go the other way. I actually might even say like Arizona minus three. Like not to complicate it too much, but like I like legit, I could, I could see that the case for this going the other way. Um, I don't know. I maybe Tennessee's defense can hold that, but I think that Arizona is going to be elite on offense this year. We talked about this in our NFC preview that those three teams could be, in that division, the top three of those division could be the, the be- some of the best in the league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, keep it simple. Give me Arizona plus the points. But I think you could legitimately tease this to minus three and a half or minus three, minus two and a half, whatever. I mean, if you're going to tease this game, you should probably go the other way and go plus nine, six-point teaser plus nine. Tennessee's not winning by a touchdown or more. So the plus three for Arizona – for me, but the, I am high on Arizona, but I don't know how I feel about them in this game. I really like Tennessee. Are they going to come out strong? At home, week one, Tennessee is going to cover three points. Well, again, we're on the opposite sides here. I hope you're writing all this down because we have like five or six that are going to be opposites. Oh, you do. You got the legal pad. I love it. Um, I don't know. It's good. Here's the thing is like, this is the crazy part about this, right? And like week one is like, this is one of the hardest gambling weeks of the year. Like weeks three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 are the easiest gambling games of the year. The first three games are super difficult. So if we have a really shitty record to start, like don't hold our, like don't fade us because we need some time. I think everybody's kind of the same, but man, we're going to opposite on all of these. Somebody's going to be, have a very happy, Wednesday next week when we debrief this. No, knowing by our luck, we'll pretty much split it down the middle. Well, you'll win one, I'll win one. Probably. And we'll split down the middle somehow. But, yeah, I mean, 
there's some of this like week one to me is a huge teaser week. I can almost tell you which games will be close. And that's when you get some of these like plus eights. I'm like, just tease that to 14, two touchdowns. There's no way teams are winning by two touchdowns yep. in week one. So, I mean, this next game is just as tough for me. I got LA chargers at the Washington football team. Washington football team is laying one point right now. So basically a pick them. I like LA's offense more than I like Washington's defense, if that makes sense. So, yeah, give me LA plus the point. I mean, one point. <laughs> yeah, like you're a pick 'em, right? I mean, honestly, you're yeah. more like what's the money line at? I, that's what I'd be curious to see. Like, what's the money line on this? Um, I would imagine that it would probably be minus 110, minus 110 across the board. Um, so doesn't really help you there, but I, I don't know. Like, again, I, this is one of those spots, like plus minus a point. If you really like a team, you're probably better to like, I like LA in this. So I like LA plus one, but I would probably tease this to LA minus two and a half. I think they win by three. Yeah. Like your best option here is if you're taking the chargers, they're even money. If you take money line, they're minus one Oh nine. If you take them just on the spread. So for a point, why would you bother trying to do that? Just go money line and plus a hundred. If you like it the other way, you're better to go minus one. If you like Washington, because you're minus one Oh nine there and minus minus one eighteen if you take money line. So if you like the chargers though, the spread, you're probably better to bet money line, but you're taking them plus one today, Burke. Yep. To me, I'm going to take the Washington football team. Their defense is really good. And their offense is going to be much improved. They had the worst quarterback play last season. The worst. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to give you the worst quarterback play. They brought in some pieces that's going to help that offense. I think Logan Thomas is going to have a massive year. Antonio Gibson's going to have a massive year. This defense is going to be unbelievable. So to me, I think they're going to beat the Chargers in week one, especially when you bring in a whole new offense, a whole new kind of strategy to LA with the new head coach that I think LA is going to be a really good team this year, but Washington's going to be a decent team as well. So week one, I'm going to take the veteran with the really good defense over the really high offense with a new coach. So I respect the Washington football team. I respect it. Just another game that we're split. This is going to turn out wild. I cannot wait to see how this shakes out. So the next game we have is Cleveland at KC. KC of course is laying the points here five and a half. That's a great number. Out of all of the ones that we've talked about thus far, that is a really good number because it really makes me think. Um, oh, man. I I have a very difficult time betting against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I really do. But fortune favors the bold. Give me the Cleveland Browns plus five and a half in week one. I, I just think that it could be one of those games where it could be close. Like, I think it's going to be sloppy. If it's sloppy, it favors the Browns. I think they're scrappier. I think, like, if you have enough drops and Mahomes isn't 100%, even if he's 90%, um, I don't know. I, I could I could see – I could make a case that Cleveland could lose by a field goal or a mi- or whatever, a field goal and a mixed – extra point. I think that's probably the most likely scenario in my opinion, or it's going to be a blowout. Like I, I don't see it being like, do you see it being like seven, eight, nine points? Cause I don't, but I think it's, you're under five and a half or you're going to be 13. Yeah. To me, this game is going to be a shootout and I think both teams can do it. I don't think Casey's defense is that good. 
I think it's going to stay close. I'm with you. Cleveland plus five and a half is the way to go. I got a couple weird stats for you. So over the last 19 years, teams who lost in the Super Bowl are 2-17 and 17 against the spread. But on the other hand, Patrick Mahomes in, in week one, sorry. In week one, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are perfect against the spread. So I those stats all kind of counteract each other. But again, I think we're both really high on Cleveland, which is maybe a mistake. And we'll both be looking after at it after week one and being like, why were we so high on the Browns? They're the Cleveland Browns at the end of the day. But I got to take them five and a half, especially Cleveland's going to want to slow it down. Their running game is unbelievable with Chubb and Hunt. They're going to try and slow it down and keep it close as long as they can. So keeping it to five and a half, I feel pretty good about them. And not only that, too, like going back to that stat, um, the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes stat, that's all fine and dandy. But two and 17 over 19 years, that's a much more reliable stat, in my opinion. I think that's a much more reliable stat. You have almost 20 years of data as opposed to four. Give me history. I'll take it every day of the week. Cleveland plus five and a half, as I said. So I am going to keep the Miami-New England game for last, even though it's not the Monday Nighter, because that's what we got to do as Finns fans here. So I'll skip over that game. Move right into Green Bay at New Orleans. The only caveat here is this game is in Jacksonville. New Orleans, due to the hurricane, they're not playing at home, so it's not in the dome. I don't think Jacksonville is a dome. So New Orleans is getting the home game against Green Bay in Jacksonville, and New Orleans is laying the points. Three and a half for New Orleans. No, the Packers are. Sorry, I read that wrong. The Packers are laying three and a half points. I knew something was wrong there. Packers minus six and a half. Packers by a touchdown. The New Orleans Saints are going to be okay. They're not going to be amazing. The Packers are going to go to the NFC Championship game, as they do every year, and they're going to win this game. Aaron Rodgers is being his bonnet. He's going to go out and absolutely sling it to Tanyan over and over and over again. I'm not just saying that because he's on my fantasy team. I mean, I kind of am, but I'm kind of I'm just putting it out there. I this this number I think is actually too low. I I don't know why it's only this. Like the, the the this amount of points, I like you're putting way too much stock. The book is putting way too much stock into New Orleans, um, especially when they're not even playing. There's no home field advantage here. Neutral site gave me the Packers minus three and a half. Bump that up to minus six and a half. They win by a touchdown. Yeah, to me, this line hasn't moved since they moved it to a neutral site. Playing in New Orleans in the dome with that fan base is a huge bump. That is a couple point bump for sure. When it moved to Jacksonville, I don't understand why this line hasn't moved more. This is uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, fuck you season. They are going to come out hot. They have a really good chance at winning the regular season in the NFC. They're when they get the championship game, it, they're not going to win. But this is an FU season from both of them. And they're going to cover this three and a half, no problem. Green Bay is going to run over New Orleans in week one. I don't think New Orleans is ready. Although Alvin Kamara is going to have a massive day. He will. I think Jamie Winston, if you have him on your fantasy team, if you're a big league, is a fade. Um, he could also have one of those games where, like, he just goes nuts, but I just don't. He could also, like, I think it's more likely that he has three interceptions and three touchdown passes, frankly. That would not shock me. It's not, I think I'll just go three and three. Isn't that what Jameis Winston does? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. There is a history of that for sure. Moving into the next game, we have Denver at the Giants. Denver is laying three points. All right. Give me the Giants. Giants plus three. 
I am low on Denver, man. I love the culture. I will give this shout out to I'm stealing his bit. I'm stealing this all rise bit, but I just love it so much. Um, I don't love the Giants that much, like just overall. But man, like Saquon Barkley is going to play a game for basically the first time in over a year. Uh, this dude, I think, could have a massive week one if he doesn't get hurt. Fantasy uh, owners of uh, Saquon are going to love to hear it. I was afraid of Saquon uh, to draft him, but I do think that if he doesn't get hurt, he will have a huge game. And they have enough pieces in what they've added. I think Danny Dimes is going to be all right. Um, Gimme Giants plus the points. Yeah, I am so on the opposite side of this. And as you know, I was bigger on Denver than you were. Denver's going to cover this three. No problem. Danny Dimes is awful. Daniel Jones is not very good. Galladay doesn't look very good for week one. Both defenses are good. So this might be a game where you want to play the under. I don't see a lot of points being scored here. So the under, but Denver's going to cover the three points. And I feel really good about that. I think Denver's a good football team and the Giants aren't. That's fair. We're going to find out. We're like 75% on the opposite side here. So the next game we're going to touch on, which I believe is the Sunday night game. If I got to, yeah, it is the Sunday night game. We have the Chicago Bears heading to LA, the Rams. LA is laying seven and a half against Chicago. That's a lot. How are you feeling about this one? Um, Oh man, that's a lot of points. But Chicago might score no points. So give me L.A. laying the points, I guess. Like, I just – like, their defense is going to be amazing, as we've talked about. Um, Stafford's going to have a game. I, I just – I don't know, dude. I just don't feel good about the Bears right now at all, especially in this game. Um, like, I don't think Andy Dalton's going to do dick all versus the Rams – legitimately you might see Justin Fields in week three or four legitimately. If he's that bad, I could see it happening or it might not be that early, but you might, he might be in a quarter or whatever the case is. I don't know. Give me LA laying the points. They're too good. The bears are too bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't like this seven and a half, especially with some of the pieces the bears have on defense, but yeah, again, are the, the Bears going to be able to score against this defense with Donald and Ramsey doing what they can do. And Chicago's secondary is way worse. And Matthew Stafford loves throwing the football. And he has some very good receivers now. So I can't bet on Chicago here. Even with seven and a half points, I'm going to take the Rams to cover as well. Just too many points. I like it. Too many many points, but the Rams are still going to cover it. It should be six and a half, in my opinion. Like That would be a nice number. This makes it uncomfortable, which is why they did it. But, like, I actually don't mind the six, like, minus six and a half betting line, I think, is, like, I wouldn't mind teasing it down a point. No, again, like, this is another one of those ones that fits perfect into your six-point teaser, which is your best bang for your buck teasing games. You move this down to one and a half, the Rams are a lock. So you do this with Buffalo at half a point. You figure some of these out, and teasing is the way to go in week one, in my opinion, because you know what teams are going to win. Some of these lines are outrageous, but then you also know games that are going to stay close with some of these outrageous lines that haven't been adjusted yet. So to me, great teaser week, but yeah, the Rams are going to cover seven and a half here. 
So moving into the Monday nighter, we have Baltimore heading to Vegas. Baltimore is laying four and a half points here. We did get news that Marcus Peters is done for the year. Gus Edwards is done for the year. This is via Adam Schefter, so we know it's a reliable source here. So tough news for Baltimore. Still laying four and a half in week one. I still like Baltimore minus four and a half. I really like Lamar Jackson. Uh, in fantasy this week, which is unfortunate for me in one league and fortunate for me in the other league. Um, yeah, Raiders suck. John Gruden sucks. And that's just about it. I don't care how depleted they are. I think that legitimately the Ravens could run the Raiders this week. They could absolutely smack them out of the building. The only caveat to that is if the if their defense doesn't show up. Now, they have a good defense. The Ravens do. So I, I'm confident but if Derek Carr and, and Darren Waller do their thing where they throw it to him like stupidly 10 feet in the air and he catches every single one, they got a chance. But I don't know. I like the number. I think I think four and a half is fair. I think four and a half of the Ravens is is I don't think I'm crazy saying that one. So that that's my pick. Give me Ravens. Four and a half. I like it. Yeah, no, I agree. I still like the Ravens here. I think they do have a lot of good pieces on their team. I am huge on having Lamar in one fantasy, Waller in the other. Baltimore's not going to be able to run it as much as they want to, missing their top three running backs from the start of the year, Justice Hill, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. I know they still have RB1 Lamar, but I feel good having Lamar in a fantasy, and you know what that means. Baltimore is going to be up. They're not going to be able to run the clock out as much, which will allow Darren Waller to have a big day too, which I love, so... I do like Baltimore at four and a half, though, and to me it feels a, like a pretty good spot for them, and it'll be a tighter game than it should be, but four and a half is still less than a touchdown, so Baltimore's covering. Yep, in agreement. We're, we've agreed, as I said, every one out of four we agree on, so that's good. All right, last but not least, we have the Miami Dolphins. Our Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so Miami is headed to New England. New England is lying the three points in week one. How are you feeling about our Dolphins there, Burke? We are going to win, and we're going to go 1-0 to start the year. Boom, there you go. Actually, we're going to go 1-1 one because one, we're probably going to lose the Bills in week two. But um, I I love the points. I love the spread. I think we're covering, no doubt. Like, no doubt in my mind. I think we're winning this game. Either we're going to lose by, like, 10 or we're going to win by, like, f- 5 so we're covering. That's it. Bottom line. It's that easy, in my opinion. Yeah, to me, I'm not really high on Miami this week. What do Miami and New England do? They split. They both win their home games. This is in New England. Miami will take care of business when it's in Miami. But I know I don't like McCorkle or some of the things Mac Jones can do, but it's Bill Belichick. He's brought in a special offense for him. He feels confident enough about him through the preseason. And if there's anything we know about Bill Belichick is he can get the job done. He's one of the best coaches of all time. So unfortunately, I think Miami is going to have a tough start to the season and it's going to be tough in week one. I'm hopeful they can win the game. I like this Miami defense going against a rookie quarterback. But again, it's not just a rookie quarterback. It's Bill Belichick's system, their offense. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm going to go New England is covering three points. So we finish on our own team, and we're going to split our own team. That's fine. Um, Miami, The Miami Dolphins are going to make life miserable for McCorkle. Going to get his cork popped. Going to get smoked all over the place. Um, as I said, it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be 
semi-blowout semi or Miami's going to cover. And I, as I said, I'm standing by the fact, and I may be, this may be homer bias, whatever the fact is, but everybody, all the pundits, all the people on social media talking about how crap Miami's going to be, Sean Green saying how crap Miami's going to be, I think they could come out, surprise some people, and let's start the season off right with the dub in week one. So, Burke, we just got one last quick little section to touch on, and that's our locks for the week. I'll start this one off. My lock of the week is Minnesota at Cincy. Minnesota laying three and a half points against Cincy. Minnesota, I think, is going to be a good team. Cincy is going to be a terrible team, especially in week one with all the issues they have going wide receiver and stuff. Defense is not as good as it was last year, so Minnesota is going to cover this three and a half points quite easily. Yeah, I yeah, I, that was good. That was going to be mine, but um, by the way, Dallas just tied it up seven seven. I want to know who got a touchdown. Um, CD Lamb. Wow. Boom, boom. Buddy of ours actually had Antonio Brown in his lineup, and I was like, yeah, you got to put CD Lamb in, dude. I don't know what you're doing with Antonio, but that ain't going to fly. Um, hmm. Who do I like to cover points here? Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll stand by kind of what I said earlier, I think. Um, actually, no. It, Seattle was minus three and a half, right? Minus three. Give me Seattle minus three. Lock it up. I, I think that is a terrible line. I think that's just as terrible of a line as the Minnesota line that you just said. Um, now, this is not even just lock. Like, this is just us exploiting book lines. To me, the Seattle line, that, yeah. Come on. that That's my that's my lock of the week. Seattle over any minus three. Click, click, lock well. it. Well, Burke, we're definitely going to have very different records. Or actually, we could end up with like the same records because we just split all the ones we're different on. But it'll be an interesting week nonetheless. I am looking forward to Sunday football. I know we're playing in a golf tournament this weekend. That'll be fun. But it'll be good to kick it back for the second half of the 4 o'clock games. Watch the Sunday nighter. Watch the Monday nighter. And watch the second half of this Dallas-Tampa Bay game. I know by the time you're hearing this, you know what's happened. But... Let's just have a great football season. And again, as we've said, we are picking every single game against the spread. And we're going to be transparent and give you our records week to week. So wish us the best week one and two. You never know. Could be tough, but we'll see how it goes. Basically, to be a good predictor, you have to be 50% or better. That's what you have to be. You got to get half of them right. Um and so if we can get half of them right, and this is the first, obviously this is the first season we've done this. Like we've obviously been gambling for multiple seasons on the NFL. Um, both of us have been relatively successful with how we've gambled in the NFL. I know the past two, one, two years, I've been plus a couple thousand every year. Um, we'll see what happens this year is again, I think it's going to be good, especially diving into it a little bit more and talking about it a little bit more and having this accountability. I like cam. I love the, uh the analysis i love the the division stuff it's been a great episode full disclosure by the way anybody listening to this episode we have had technical difficulties today and we've our our stream has stopped multiple times and we've played uh sound effects and tracks and stuff on our media board that may or may not make it into the episode so if you hear awkward silences and or spots where like should i play it and then there's nothing that happens uh yeah that was technical difficulties. Hopefully that doesn't apply. It may or may not apply. Don't really know. We're going to find out. This episode should be up Friday uh, by noon. That's the plan. 
uh, Friday, September 10th. Uh, Cam, anything else you want to touch on before we head out? I want to go watch the football game. You want to go watch the football game. Let's go Cowboys because I got the Cowboys and I got the Cowboys covering. Uh, yeah, anything else, Cam? No, that's all I got. Let's hope for some really good football this weekend and let's hope for some Canadian tennis stars to pull through. This That would be a great weekend. Uh, Layla, Annie Fernandez win. A Felix, AJ Aliassime win. And of course... A Miami Dolphins win. Fins up, baby. Fins up. Fins As always. Up. Fins up. You can follow us on Twitter at Over Six Sports. We are going to be tweeting more from that account. Moving into the NFL season, follow me at Zachberg Over Six and at C Charlton Turf on Twitter. And as always, for the Over Six Sports Podcast, I'm Zach the Bandit Burke and my partner in crime, the Turf King. Still not gonna say it ever, so but Cameron Charlton. Cameron Charlton, it's Thanks for listening to Six Sports. We'll chat to you next week.